Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see all of you. Uh, I've entitled the message today, Be a Copycat of God. Be a Copycat of God. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your goodness. There's not a man or woman in here that doesn't know that life is filled with ups and downs, twists and turns, some absolute absolutely marvelous days and some of the most challenging days that life can throw our way. We're thankful that you're faithful and that you're good and that you're kind and that you'll never give up on us and that you will provide us your strength, your mercies and your grace and your goodness. So today, as we seek to grow in our faith, seek to learn, to know, and apply your word, give us wisdom, give us discernment, give us understanding, help us to be the people you want us to be, individually and as a family of faith. God, help us to be a copycat of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been a copycat of another person? Think about it for a moment. I know that when I was a young boy, it was very easy and natural for me to want to be like my dad. To be like my brother. To be like sports heroes that I saw on TV. And then when I would go out to practice the various sports, I could visualize what I had seen my dad do. I could visualize what I had seen my brother do. And I could visualize what I could see other sports heroes do. I grew up in a very sports-oriented home and wanted to, to grow up and, and become a good athlete. It was pretty easy for me to be motivated to be a copycat of someone else. It's normal and natural to copycat someone you highly admire and respect. How many of you know we all learn and grow and dream by watching other people who we hope that one day will become like. It might be a parent, it might be a sibling, it might be a coach, it might be a teacher, it might be someone we see on TV, again, it might be a sports star, or someone we see in the movies, but really innate within our human nature, we all have a tendency to want to copycat someone that we admire, respect, or someday hope to uh, be like. To honor God and to become the best possible witness for Him, dedicate yourself to be a copycat of God. What the world is in desperate need of is Christians who reveal the love and the grace and the mercy and the character and the nature of God. They need to see Christians who are actively and actually living out their faith, not just talking about it or going to church. Our world needs to see real copycats of God. With that in mind, if you'll turn your Bible open to Ephesians chapter 5, can you believe that we're already to chapter 5? For some of you, it's sped by. For some of you, it seems like we've been in Ephesians forever. But we're in Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 1 through 7 today. As I've said off, and I really want to invite you to take your bulletin, take it home, look at the verses, 
maybe uh, think a little deeper or broader in regard to some of the points that I make. But again, as you look over these verses, maybe the Lord will show you or teach you something different. But let's take the things that we're learning on Sunday morning and and take them a little deeper and apply them through the week so they just don't go over our head or through our ears or bypass our heart. But let's really have an intensity and a desire to grow and and mature and become spiritually mature individually and as a church. The Apostle Paul uh, says some very important, encouraging words in Verses 1 through 7. So Ephesians chapter 5, 1 through 7. Therefore, and you know that ties uh, the thought to previous thoughts and verses. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. and Walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither let filthiness or foolish talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. First of all, uh, since we're talking about being a copycat, let me give you a quick definition. A copycat is a person who imitates or mimics or does the same thing as or follows the lead of another. The Apostle Paul makes it very clear and, and says it very boldly here to all the Christians that he, he wants the followers of Christ to advance and excel at being copycats of God. And that's what we need to focus on and uh, become. I want to share with you again various points to ponder, as I've mentioned to you before. I know this is a shotgun approach. If we took uh, every thought, line by line, principle and principle uh, of Ephesians, we could be here for a couple of years. And and we're going to take, uh, I think, four or five, six months doing that. So I'm just going to hit a variety of things because the Holy Spirit will then apply uh, things to you. Maybe maybe the person that's sitting to your right or the left, maybe they need something different. Maybe your husband and your wife, if you're married, need to hear something else from God. So if you'll just open your heart and with these points to ponder, just say, Lord, if any or all or multiples of these are to impact me, for me to focus on, I really want my heart to be open today. So several thoughts about uh, this particular these particular verses. First of all, be a copycat of God. When a parent sets a good and godly and moral and upright example, and then their children mimic or copycat that, they get a sense of joy and satisfaction, right? Look at verse 1 there. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. You know, this is spiritual truth also. When you and I have it as our desire and our passion To copycat God, he gets a sense of joy and satisfaction as well. 
You know, the Bible says that Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came in the wor- into the world to reveal God to us. Did you know what your role is as a Christian today? It's not simply to pray, read your Bible, go to church, and feel good about that. Your role and my role as a Christian today is to reveal God to our lost, hurting, broken world. We are to be a copycat of God. So with that in mind, let me ask you a question. How good are you doing in regard to revealing God to your world? In your home, to your spouse, your kids, to your neighbors, in your workplace, as you're out recreating or watching a movie or having dinner? How well are you doing? How well are we doing as a church revealing to our community that God really is good as we say He is? See, it's really, it should be a goal and a passion for all of us to act like God, think like God, talk like God, love like God, so that we can excel and be outstanding as copycats of God. Be imitators. This is challenging, isn't it? Because we all use excuses. Well, that's just me or that's my hang up or I came from that family of origin or you don't know who I'm married to or you don't know what I've been through. And all that other stuff is stuff. The Bible simply says you and I are to be a copycat. We are to re-reveal God to our world. Number two, what's love got to do with it? How many of you remember Tina Turner's song, What's Love Got to Do With It? Matter of fact, if you look at those lyrics, and I looked at them this uh, particular week, you can see that because of humanity and heartbreak, love can be messy, can't it? And it can leave you with a broken heart. And so what happens is some cynicism or skepticism, and so basically it says, hey, be careful of love. Okay, be a little suspicious of love and deprioritize love and keep love at an arm's distance. Is is that the way we're to live? What's love got to do with it? Paul says love's got everything to do with it. Love is the key thing. Do you see it there? And walk in love. Love is the supreme activity and action of Christians and the church. Please listen to me. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the programs. It's not about the platform. It's not about the building. It's not about the budgets. It's not about the crowds. It's about love. What the world needs now, another song, is love, sweet love. I think it was Burt Bacharach. Is that his name? That was a little before my day. Well, not really. I was alive, what, six at the time? I think it was mid-60s. How many of you love Bert? Fell in love with Bert? (laughs) Okay. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. I looked up those verses, too. Maybe maybe, uh, this will encourage you. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. What the world needs now is love, sweet love, not just for some, but for everyone. 
Lord, we don't need another mountain. There are mountains and hillsides enough to climb. There are oceans and rivers enough to cross. Enough to last until the end of time. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. What the world needs now is love, sweet love, not just for some, but for everyone. Lord, we don't need another meadow. There are cornfields and wheat fields enough to grow. There are sunbeams and moonbeams enough to shine. Oh, listen, Lord, if you want to know. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Not just for some, but for everyone. My friends, I've been in this work a long time, and you know what? I'm just not really interested in using all the human gimmicks and giveaways and hype and smokes and mirrors and performance to draw crowds. It should be about love. Don't get me wrong. Why, why does love sometimes be seen or characterized as negative? Oh, that's just an emotion. What would happen and where would we be in our world, in ourselves, in eternity and culture if God wasn't a God of love? We'd all be in serious trouble. And I think it's time for Christians in the church, every local church, to say, you know what? The human gimmicks of giveaways and performance and smoke and mirrors and all the stuff. If there isn't love, 1 Corinthians 13 says it's all for naught. If you were to ask me the, the most important thing, if anybody says, tell me about your church, I want to say, Hopefully, by the grace of God, we're experiencing and growing in our ability to love God and love one another. Isn't that the great commandment? We had a guy that visited here at Easter this year. And afterwards, he said, could I talk with you? And I said, sure. So we had a phone conversation. He said, you know what? I've really been struggling. I'm a believer, but I've been apart from God and the church a long time. And he said, when I left your service, I felt like I had been touched by the love of God. Friends, that doesn't get any better for me. It's not perfect, but my life uh, purpose and mission statement is to honor God and to love and serve people. What's love got to do with it? Everything. Walk in love. And that's not something you say that's something you do i believe we love each other here but I, I believe we always need to keep growing further into our love i know i live in an idealistic world and at least in my mind and i know we uh, live realistically but many of you know a couple of weeks ago and i just want to use an example this is just to encourage us and challenge us uh, many of you got heard that uh, ruth dominguez broke her her foot my mentality, what would if 25 people called her and took her a meal? We don't just say, Ruth, we love you. But it's not just Ruth, it's any of us. We're a small congregation, a hundred people. It seems to me that we could excel and be exceptional in our ability to love, not just in what we say, but what we do. And, and we are there for one another. I'm grateful. I'm not saying we're not. I'm just saying that we can never 
get satisfied with love, can we? Guess what? Every one of us in this room, probably within the next six months or year, is going to face something that's probably going to test us and be overwhelming. Gosh, I hope 99% of our congregation is there for one another. That seems to me to what it's all about. It's about love. And that's not ooey, gooey, mushy. It's practical. It's action. It's laying down our lives for one another. My friend, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Three, guard yourself against uh, falling trapped to these. Uh, the Apostle Paul begins to warn the Ephesian believers because he sees six particular things, at least at this point, that can distract, detour, sidetrack them from growing in love and walking in love. And, you know, the things that they struggled with back then are things that we struggle with today. Their culture uh, was infected by these, and our culture are infected by these. And just because you're a Christian or you go to church doesn't mean that the enemy won't come and knock on your door to try to tempt you in these six particular areas. So as we want to be a copycat for God, we've got to make sure that we're avoiding these six things that Paul identifies. First of all, what does he say in verse 3? Fornication. Avoid fornication. That's That's a word we don't use a lot. We don't go to one another. Are you a fornicator? (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to tell it how I am. Okay, you guys, that's an uncomfortable word, but you just don't say, hey, are you a fornicator? Have you been fornicating? <laughs> I got some of you going, oh, no, this guy. <laughs> but it's a biblical word. If it's in the Bible, I can use it. Okay? Don't get on me. I can use it. Fornication is any sexual activity that's inappropriate. I mentioned it a couple of weeks back, and I know a lot of young Christian kids who are involved in sexual activity outside of marriage. I believe in love and grace, but I also believe in truth and boundaries. We need to say to them, it's not okay. Why? Just because God's a big bad God? No, because He wants you to be a copycat. He wants His very best for your life. When you step over the line and you evolve yourself sexually in things that are inappropriate, it's going to hinder you. Or if you're married, any sexual activity outside that marriage covenant is fornication. And actually, if you look up the Greek word here, it's the Greek word pornea, where we get the word pornography. I've been in this a long time. And our culture, especially men, by the way, we're wired. We're wired visually. Pornography is a rampant problem. And it's not outside the church. It's in the church, too. We don't like to talk about that. But we've got to say, hey, we're to be a copycat for God. We've got to be very careful that we don't find ourselves involved in any type of fornication, male or female. Two, uncleanness. It just means moral impurity. My friends, there are absolutes. We live in a culture that talks about relativism. But I want you to know there are absolutes. There are right and wrong. And the Bible says that if you step over that and you involve yourself in moral impurity, you are going to rob your opportunity and ability to be a copycat for God. Three, covetousness. For so long, I never thought I struggled with this because, I don't know, because I was blind and just didn't understand. And when we talk about covetousness, it just doesn't 
uh, focus on money. It includes money. We all can want more money, more money for security and safety and pleasure and trips and whatever it might be. But how many people covet other people's position or reputation or I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I see people who just have a grace of God, a charisma of God that's not normal. And it's just like, wow, there's just something so powerful when you're in the room. You sense the power of God, and I've coveted that. I've gone, God, I wish I had that. You can covet all kinds of stuff. Anything that you have an excessive desire for, rather than letting God provide it for you, can be a, a covetous thing. And it robs our ability to be a copycat for God. I need to go on. Filthiness. It just means anything that causes shame. If you do something and you feel shamed by it, you know you've stepped over the line. What about foolish talk? Gosh, there's a million ways that we can fall prey to foolish talk. Really, the Greek word means to be silly or to say something needless. I fall prey to this. I don't know why. I sometimes uh, want people to laugh. I don't want to bring encouragement. And so I'll get silly. And many times just say silly stuff that's just totally needless and inappropriate. And that's just called foolish talk, and it just says it keeps you from being a copycat for God. So be careful of any foolish talk. And the last is coarse jesting. If you really take a look at it, it really means to make fun of someone. Is it easy sometimes, especially when we're younger, but I see it today. I see it politically. This is just who I am. Uh, I I saw something recently, a little cartoon, if you will. It's a little video, and it has some silly making fun of stuff. And then on one of it, it has a picture of Donald Trump, and on the picture, it it has Hillary Clinton. And, you know, at first I started to laugh, and then I went, that's not okay. I don't care where you stand politically. I'll get on my soapbox. I don't care. It's not okay to make fun of people. Whether you like them or not, whether they're, they're people you don't politically agree with or not, that's not being a copycat for God. Does God make fun of anybody? Of their, their, their personality or their disabilities or their weaknesses or their political positions? So let's not buy into the current culture that that's okay. Social media can be a great thing, but boy, I see so many things that really trouble me in social media. Right, Susan? I told Susan not to use political uh, comments on Facebook, and so she said she was going to make a comment, but her pastor said she couldn't. (laughs) Four, deception is a real threat. Do you see it there? It says, let no one deceive you in verse 6. Uh, one of the greatest threats to Christians and Christianity in the church today is what I call the deception of humanism. How many of you know there is a humanist manifesto? It's an actual document written by humanists that have 15 tenets or beliefs that they believe. And these tenets or these beliefs serve the basis of modern education and media, and business practices, and the economy, and even religion. The Humanist Manifesto is anti-God, anti-Christian, anti-Bible, yet is the accepted worldview of Western civilization. We must not allow ourselves to be deceived, to follow a view of the world, a worldview that's false, that's incorrect, and that's untrue. 
And we need to be very careful because I see it all the time. Go, if you want to find this out, Google Humanist Manifesto and look at their 15 tenets. And if you don't see that, the very basis for education and the economy and business practices, media, and even religion. And one more while I'm on it, the deception of progressivism. Have you ever heard that? Progressivism. It's, an, it's a nice term now, and you hear, you hear it in the political arena. And basically it is, we're growing, we're evolving, we're learning, so let go of the past. Let go of, now I'm going to preach it, let go of the Constitution, let go of the Bible. And what they say is what? We're old-fashioned, we're sticks in the mud, we're boring, we're prehistoric. To that I'd say, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God, not me, not you, not a human being. And my friend, we need to be very careful. Number five, and then Dylan, if you get ready to come on back in the band, we need to live different. Look at that in verse seven. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. The very meaning here in verse 7 is to live different. It's so easy for us to catch our view and values of life from our current culture. We must resist following the cult of contemporary culture. We must say no to temptation and pride and selfishness and seek to live a life of servanthood. And to be a copycat of God. Guard yourself, my friend, from thinking you can dabble in the ways of the world and it not infect you. Isn't that the way temptation is? Just a little bit. I'll just, I'll just dabble in it. it. It's kind of okay. A little leaven will eventually leaven the whole lump. The word church, I've said to you, is the called out ones. We're to live different. It's hard to swim upstream. It's hard to stand up. For Christ in a, in a humanistic, progressive society. But it's important for us to do that. The world desperately needs to see Christians and the church have a goal and a passion to excel and be outstanding copycats of God. So, of all of you catch... From, I believe, the Scriptures and, and what I bring to you today is that should be on the forefront of our thought. Am I being an imitator of God in everything I do, everything I say, every decision I make, every environment I find myself in? Christian, Connection Church, let's excel in being a copycat of God. Amen? Father God, we just ask for your grace to live out your word, to say no to the things that come our way that would sidetrack us and detour us. Holy Spirit, lead us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. Let's worship.
There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and sing of the sweetest of loves. When my heart becomes free and my shame is undone, in your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord. Tasted and sing of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and the shame is undone in your presence, Lord.
You know, I still pray for the day that uh, this place will be full. Why? So that we can say it's full? So that you can feel better or I can feel better? No, because more people are being impacted by the love and the power and the presence and the grace of God. But you know what? It's not going to happen. I guarantee you, I'm not going to do a bunch of gimmicks and a bunch of giveaways, and a bunch of smoke and mirrors, and a bunch of high performances so that we can draw them. I pray that it be just as we go out and we're copycats for God. And people say, man, what, what's, what's going on? What's different about you? And people go, you know, I want that sincerity. I want that authenticness. I want that power and that presence to find transformation. Yeah, we're all human and we're on a journey and we're going to blow it. But the world is looking for people who truly want to reveal God. Imitators of God. Not just talk about their faith, but really live out their faith. And I believe you and I believe me and I believe we're here for a purpose and for a day and a time. So I want to encourage you. Not interested in growing the church with gimmicks and gadgets, but with love, with authenticity, and being copycats for Almighty God. Amen? Go in His love and His grace. Love you. God bless you. Bye-bye.